Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and in today's episode, we're talking all about animation. Joining me today is Tazita Gant from the host of Let's Talk Fandom Podcast. How are you doing, sweetheart? I am doing so good. I am so happy we get to do this. It's been such a long time coming. I know, right? Well, okay, for fans who do not know, uh, Tazita's episode was part of the Mike fiasco of 2021. So she was actually supposed to be in an episode that was this episode was supposed to be slated earlier this year um but yeah recording mics not somebody who runs a podcast to you understand shit happens life happens yeah and the hiccups come along with with just working with technology well i'm glad we get to sit down and chit chat um you are a huge fandom nerd you have run fandom groups all through college now you have uh let's talk fandom podcast so you are the perfect person to really chit chat and be on this podcast with me but we're talking about animation today uh which is something near and dear to our hearts we're both around similar ages kind of grew up in that 90s era of like animation domination kind of uh totally and uh before we jump in though into our complete animation nostalgic trip Let's talk about uh, what you have uh, been obsessing about. What's taking your money? Well, okay. So this has kind of taken the world by storm, which is Squid Game. And so I haven't seen it. What are you doing? I haven't. I I saw the trailer and I thought, you know what? This just might be too much for Andy. And I thought, (laughs) this is just... Yeah, I, it, it oh. everyone told me it was super, super intense. And the it's Walking so Dad, ne- the, the Walking Dead Negan scene with uh, Glenn was too much for Andy. So that's why I was just like, okay, Squid Game it, may be too much for him. It, it could be quite heartbreaking for Andy <laughs> if that because I get it. When Glenn died, I I stopped. I stopped watching. So I was like, you know what? I was here for him and now he's gone and you've done too much to my heart. Yeah. So yeah. I get that. But, like, Squid Game is just so good. And I initially came from a television show on Netflix called Alice in Borderland. And I don't want to say it's bad because it's not. But for me, the acting was not great. The directing wasn't really great. And the pacing of the show was really slow. But I really liked the plot and the, like, idea of where it could go. (laughs) So I kind of, like, stuck with it. Ah, so you manifested it like the uh, what's that series that like NBC canceled about the plane that goes missing for five years? Isn't yeah, that manifest- yes, yeah, right? Yeah, and now everybody's like back into it, like, yeah, this is what you need to we're committed to the story, we just need to know what happened, right? And like for that show, it's got a very similar concept to Squid Game where it's these people that go into kind of a game and it's a life or death kind of a situation, but for me. When I saw the first episode of Squid Game, it was like, this is what I wanted from Alice in Borderland. Like, this was the pace that I wanted. This was kind of the story. I wanted it to be something that was kind of relatable in the sense of, like, I think everyone, maybe not everyone, but a majority of people kind of have money troubles. Maybe not to the extent that these characters did. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully. Um, But it was like, it was like real stakes of, like, you know, they also had their parents and their siblings and their, you know, significant others to think about in those situations where with like Alice in Borderland, everyone just disappeared except for the contestants that played. So it was like, what is happening? Is it like Hunger Games on crack? Uh, 
Kind of, in a sense, except they're secluded. Well, I guess maybe, yeah, because they're secluded into a specific area, but they're technically not trying to kill each other. It's okay. the game itself. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's like taking people out. Um, but it's like really great. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> okay, I may have to watch an episode or two and preview I it, it for Andy. Because, yeah, as soon as Glenn was done on Walking Dead, he was like, I'm done. I can't do it. Like, yeah. I, I I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but I can't do it, Shannon. Like, right. I can't do it. And I'm like, okay, okay, all right. So now I just get my Walking Dead zombie news from my work husband, John, who my husband's with right now. So there you go. Everybody wins. <laughs> I have been watching. I'm not sure if you heard about this series. It's on HBO Max. It's called Prince. It's a new animation series. It is like if Family Guy and The Crown had a baby together. Oh. It is a animation Family Guy-esque series about the royal family. And the and it's Prince George is the main character. And all these other celebrities are the voices of the royal family. Like Orlando Bloom is Prince <gasps> Harry. Sophie Turner is Charlotte. It's only like seven episodes. So it's easy to binge. Ooh. They're really short episodes. But it is the first animation series since Big Mouth that had me laughing hysterically. I mean, it's not like Big Mouth level of like awesomeness. Sure. But I was just like, seriously, this is a family baby or family guy and the crown had a baby. It's very, it's like takes the seriousness of the crown Mm -hmm. and the ridiculousness of family guy and just puts it together and the the cat the way they have the stories and everything like apparently the queen has an underground like legion of these like disfigured people who make her the, her flemmy tarts and then they go and burn off all of them and the queen decides she wants the flemmy tarts again so oh, oh. the one guy who survives the massacre of the flemmy tarts comes back to like ruin the the family and everything oh. the whole story is bananas but if you like the royal family and you like I we really got yes. into the crown. It was one of those series that we didn't think we were going to get into, but we okay. really got into. Um, but yeah, that has been between that and my my documentaries on mushrooms and fungi. Like that's, I, so I've been glad. on a documentary kick. Like I, I knew you were going to watch it. I watched <laughs> it. I love documentaries. And when I saw it, I was like, "Ooh, Shannon's probably going to watch this. So I can actually talk to her about it. Uh, yes, that one and the Lula Lula Rich one. I watched the that one on um, the Lula Roof uh, MLM franchise was a really really Ooh. good one. Have you yeah. seen um, the one about oh what's it oh, what's it called? I don't want to say it wrong, but it's it's basically like this like uh, I think it's like a ten episode long like documentary series of um, oh it's called uh, I think it's called Love on the Spectrum. No, that's on our oh, watch list. It's that so one's good. on our list. I we, cried many times. We did the SpaceX one, the the story yes. about the uh, Inspire Four, Inspiration Four. They did yes. it. That's a great one. Then we went to the Fun Guys, and then we ended up we ended up at Prince. Um, this is after we binged the entire entire New Girl series again because there's literally nothing better than New Girl. I didn't know there was a new. I think I've only been able to get through. Maybe halfway through season three of New oh. Girl. I've tried so hard. Oh, Nick Miller is like our soul. soul oh, love, him. <laughs> love him. And every, my we have a jar and my husband's like, that's like our douchebag jar. Like oh, every no. time we say something stupid, like that's just go put it in the jar. We're just, just done. You schmitted it. Um, 
there's so many good new things out so and like that, that's why I love I'm like we go on Netflix we go on oh, yeah. we go on all these series but it's really funny that we talk about these animation series and these documentaries because that's really what's been coming out the last two years um yeah. with with the pandemic being kind of shutting down movie movie and TV sets, we really don't have a lot of filming going on. So a lot of these animation series, the cartoon series, um, they're becoming super, super popular because they're Very. easier to make at home. Um, yep. Just look at uh, Disney's uh, Disney Plus's day. They just announced all these new Pixar TV shows. Um, obviously, the celebrities are realizing working at home and doing those TV shows is what's going to bring in the money. So, hey, yep. more entertainment for us, though, because it's all the stuff we really like, like Zootopia yeah. and car uh, new car series. So I think my admiration for animation started young, and I think that's for a lot of people, that's where it started. I know a lot of us started with Nickelodeon, the Disney Channel, but there are some, a lot of us who did, who got in, in into cartoons and animation through anime, which we've done an episode on that, which I find right. so interesting. And I love how much detail goes into all these artwork to create these. Um, because I know that anime, uh, Anime, TV series, and movies, it takes a lot longer to create them than something over here that's like um, made in the US or over in Europe uh, because of the dubbing and the artwork and everything else. So, I, yeah, hands out to the anime creators because it's stuff I cannot do. Um, oh, yeah. I, and we have seen a huge influx in animation creation this year, especially in the Netflix series. And Netflix pretty much has taken anime and is like, hi, we've got it. No problem. Uh, so that's, down. It's fine. We got that. And what we've even done an episode with Joe G uh, Joel Gibbs, who is a voice actor who does animation. He's he's been doing this since the 70s, which reminds wow. us how long animation has kind of been around and how much of a talent this has had kind of grown over the years. And then lastly, we just did a 90s episode, which is pretty much if you talk to any 90s kids, it's literally Nickelodeon or Disney. What did you watch? Yeah, right. What did you watch? Which Me, I watched, my brother and I, we were really, really big into Cartoon Network and Disney. Oh. Those were the two. We were, re we loved Dexter's Laboratory so hard. <laughs> that, that was and, like, my brother's. Names Kid Next Door. Those were the two. I have not heard that show name in forever. Like, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But yes. I have not heard that name in so long. Dexter's Laboratory was my brother's favorite thing, like, to the point he would call me Dee Dee. He'd be like, leave me alone. Because he'd be, like, doing with his little Lego creations. I love Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah. Uh, I was a Nickelodeon kid. Okay. I lived, breathed Nickelodeon. I could tell you what was going to be on Nickelodeon's schedule. That's where my love of TV came from. My mom was my mom was the kind of person. We were so into sports that we only had one day off, and so it was usually a Saturday or Sunday. And so my gotcha. mom's like, "Yeah, go watch TV. Like, relax. Do do what you have." And it was Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, if depending on who was in the room fighting over the Den TV at the of time. Of course, right? yes. Okay. This is before DVR, people. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! My oh. nanny kids ask this all the time. Did you have DVR? No. 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 I just had to set Absolutely a timer not. and pray to God I remembered right. that it would be like five o'clock. Go watch. Mm. Go watch Full House. Let's do you this. Had to, like run home to make sure you made it home at a certain time before the show started. Like, I still have episodes of Dawson's Creek on VHS, which is just oh that, that that ages me to no end because I could that was during gym time and my mom would record those episodes that I couldn't so make. Uh, yeah, those. Oh, man. DVRs. Oh, you remember TV Guide going in a wheel? Oh you my had gosh, to like, yes. wait for it to come. You had to wait and, for it to come back. 
and Nickelodeon and Disney were like in the same panel. So yeah. if you miss, you're screwed. You have to you have to wait for it to come back around. Wild. Yeah. Which? What were some of your favorite ones on Disney then? Besides, trying to think, what did I watch a lot on Disney? We watched a lot. I really loved uh, Brandy and Mr. Whiskers. That was a little Ooh, later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else did we really watch? Oh, we watched a lot of Proud Family. Loved the Proud Family. Um, Aren't they getting a new series? I, I that's thought what I, I heard. just heard. Yeah. It's, yep. I'm really hoping. <laughs> I My brother and I watched the Proud Family movie so many times. It was probably unhealthy. <laughs> like, it was so bad. <laughs> but yeah, what else did we watch on Disney Channel? I know we watched a lot of the more animated stuff because we liked it more. We weren't, at least for me, I wasn't the biggest fan of, like, live action. And I did talk about this in the episode that I did with my friend Cheyenne about cartoons, where, like, I felt really uncomfortable seeing people my own age on television. And it wasn't, like, a, a jealousy thing. It was more of, like, a, I felt bad for them that, like, they yeah. couldn't, like, hang out. Like, I assumed that they couldn't hang out with people their own age. Um, so, yeah, the the whole live action thing was never really my thing. But... We really loved the movies that they did on Disney Channel. Like, that was when we first saw Hocus Pocus. That was when we saw The Luck of the Irish. Um, we saw The 13th Year, which was which got me into swimming competitively. It was, Disney was the thing for us. <laughs> now, would you say, were you a big Disney movie fan too then? Oh, yeah. Oh, big, big. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, all right. So... Disney there I was only into the movies that was the big thing I was in we only watched Disney Channel if the movies were coming out like Hocus Pocus or if they had the Disney movie that we didn't own on VHS like there were certain Disney movies we didn't have that you knew on certain days like on the Friday Saturday night they would like release Aladdin you're like we don't have that I need to watch it because I'll never get to watch Aladdin (laughs) unless we go to Blockbuster and get the VHS And who is going to spend their Friday VHS choice on Aladdin? No, you want a new movie. So we're going to watch it on Disney, okay? There's a whole method to this madness. Now, Um, did you do watch parties? Because we had quite a large den, and we had, like, three couches, which was too many. We didn't need all that. But, like, on Saturday nights, my mom would invite, like, like, the neighborhood kids around to our place, and, like, the adults would do what adults do, yeah. which we didn't know what was happening. Um, but we would like, it was like a Disney movie night or like Saturday nights. It was like at our house, we had all these snacks and, you know, fun, unhealthy drinks. And it was the one day of the week where my brother and I like got to be unhealthy. Yeah. So we like f- took full advantage of it. But we would watch just so many movies and they would play them. I think it was like starting around... It's like 5 or 6 p.m. that they would just have a row of like four or five movies. Oh, loved nope. it. I lived for those days because those, I think that was the beginning of the watch parties. Then as I became a teenager, when we, when I moved into Buffy and Dawson's Creek, yes. we would trade off at whoever's house. Yes. You know, oh, we're going over to so-and-so's house today to watch Dawson's Creek. Oh, we're, Buffy's going to be at my house this week. Yes. So now looking back at that, those, those were the, I did those with my cousins. That was the, I did those oh, kind of fun. parties with my cousins. They would come over on Saturday night. We'd start a movie. Uh, Snick was the big thing. We'd watch Snick. Oh, or yes. We'd watch a movie, what, you know, depending on, I have a brother who's five years younger than me and I have a few cousins. So it depended on what age range we were really playing sure. with that night. But yeah, no, those watch parties were just 
But I also remember sitting and just watching with my brothers. Like, and I know you you have siblings, so you can just sitting and watching Saturday night or Saturday morning cartoons. Um, In our house, that was like a religious holiday. Um, My dad worked, um, usually worked weird shifts. Um, He did the toxic lines for Intel and all the big major Silicon Valleys. So usually that has to be done at night and on holidays. Um, So I rarely ever got to see my dad. And when he was off, he was race car driving on the weekend as a race car driver. So Saturday mornings was the only morning that he, we knew when we woke up, he would be in bed. And so it was, we got in bed with him. My mom never allowed us to eat in bed, but we got to have breakfast on Saturday mornings in bed. It is usually dry cereal or whatever. Sure. And my dad, from six o'clock till probably about 10, 11 o'clock on Saturday, we would do nothing but lay in bed and watch Saturday cartoons, Captain Planet, Looney Tunes, Flintstones, you name it. We did. And to me, I still hold that tradition with my daughter on Saturdays. We 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 all crawl in bed when she walk when she wakes up and we have our coffee and our cereal and these are traditions that I think um, you know stick with us and and they're ones that we kind of hold dear. I can remember watching Lion King for the first time. I can remember watching you know certain movies that have these impacts and I, I remember si- sitting holding my daughter watching Toy Story four and I remember sitting with my brother watching the original Toy Story. Yes. And, you know, so it's these feelings. I, there's so much nostalgia, but I think it it ties us to our lives. You know, oh, we tie totally. these to single points. Um, and when I say Nickelodeon, I mean I say Nickelodeon. I think of my childhood. I literally just I, oh, yeah. I think of my I think of Rocco's Modern Life. I think of uh, Rugrats. Ren oh and, yes, not being allowed to watch Ren and Stippy. That was a huge thing in our house. We were allowed to watch anything else on Nickelodeon, but if Ren and Stimpy came on and we were caught, our asses were grass. My mom had that rule for us when it came to uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. (gasps) She would not allow that and Ed, Ed, and Eddie. She didn't Um. want us to, like, I guess, be that silly or... There was quite did your mom have my mom had a very similar kind of idea about cartoon network it was it was a little too much for our age it may have been yeah. it was like it wasn't south park yet but it was right. like it was it was on that way of going that peak. direction right um, yeah but ren and stippy was like my mom i remember my mom just saying i can't believe they will allow this on the network yes like, how can they allow that and if we got caught i mean we were dead me if Ren and Stimpy oh. was on. And now I look back at it and I'm going, Mom, this ain't nothing compared to half the other crap we watched. <laughs> but at the time, but now I'm thinking as a mom back in that time, that probably was the worst thing on yeah. t- you know, and all the parents were thinking, well, how can this get on TV? How how is this on TV? How how are there no how are there no restrictions on this? Yep. Oh, <laughs> I can't, but I can't think of another show like that that had that, besides South Park, that had that much influence to make my parents go, nope, you cannot watch that. I do remember as I got a little older, um, because I went off to boarding school and my brother stayed home. And so when I would come home for the holidays or for the summer, it was very apparent that like, especially when I was in middle school, my mom was very adamant about like, you you can't watch the adult um, I think it was like Adult Swim. She was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. just not, like, it's too much for you. Your brother watches it. He's older, like, and, uh, but my, like, my brother would wake me up at, like, 10 p.m. And, like, we'd, like, go to the den and we'd, like, watch yeah. it very quietly. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, try not to make too Space much noise. Space oh, yes. Goes. 
That was me and my dad's. My dad would come home from the racetrack at 10. And if I was still up from Snick, because my brothers would go to bed, my dad and I, we would sit. And he that was how he would wind down from the races with Space Ghost. And my mom would get so livid. And he goes, but she's the oldest. She can handle it. You know, like, and I felt, you know, but now, like, I, I felt so proud. Like, I I'm am the oldest. I'm the oldest. I get to stay up late. And I'm hanging out with dad. And I get to watch the show that my brothers don't get to watch. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. And now my brother's like, yeah, we watched Space Ghost too. It wasn't that great. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's things like that where I'm just yeah. like, I can't think of another. South Park was that other one that, because South Park came up as we were growing up. It, that yeah. was the next big thing after Ren and Stimpy. It was Family Guy. I, Simpsons wasn't ever that crude. We we got away with Simpsons. Yeah. There were some episodes my mom were like, eh. But my mom never said we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons. South Park, was, as soon as South Park rolled on the scene, it was like, oh, nope, not up in my house. <laughs> not up in my house. And then my dad saw one episode and he's like, yeah, we can watch it when your mom's not home. <laughs> yeah. So then it became like a game when my mom, the way our house was, is we could see out into the living room and my, we had a gate. So you had at least a little 30 bit of time. seconds. To, like, change the channel, like, someone would have to be watching, be like, mom's at the gate, mom's at the gate, change it, change it. <laughs> Dad's like, where's the remote? This is back in the remote right. days, so you right. had to find the remote, you know? It's not like you can go up to the TV and hit it, yeah. There's a few times we were caught, Dad would take the blame for us, um, and he'd be, it would be like, you know, you guys go in your room, I'll smooth this over with your mom, and my right. mom, you can, my mom's pissed. You can't be letting them, we were in middle, I mean, middle school was, I, yeah, I think I was in middle school when it came out. Yeah, probably middle school, high school was when I started. Yeah, start watching. Yeah, you can't let them watch that. Oh, we watched that. Still, still some of the best crap out there. (laughs) Oh, totally. Absolutely. Uh, But I think there's a there's this connotation with animation that some people find it childish or it's like it's it's not real media or it's not it's not good. And I, I find that kind of. I don't know. I, this is coming from the same person who thinks, like, Marvel is really cool. And if you call me a child for collecting Marvel, like, f- screw you. I don't freaking care. Right. Uh, but I think animation has this childlike property to make us feel like, one, we're young. But also just be utterly ridiculous and make us laugh. Like, I think South Park is so utterly ridiculous. But it makes me laugh because some of the times it's so, like, relates so much to real life that how can you not laugh at it? Oh, totally. Absolutely. And I think animation in itself is able and like allowed to get away with so much more. I mean, specifically when it comes to Big Mouth itself, I mean, just the amount that they're able to talk about, show, even like explain about, I think is so, I think it's expanded because of the fact that it's animated. And so I think when people think about animation as childish, I think that they're thinking about a specific type of animation. And I think a lot of people get their first kind of dose of animation through children's shows or movies that are in that line of animation. And so when you get older and you get kind of hit in the face with shows that are adult content or adult related with conversations that are not exactly appropriate for children, I think it can kind of muddle or even muffle the lines between kind of adult content and children content. And so seeing animation as like animated and drawing and creative and not having like a, a real face to it, I think 
it makes or it can make people not take it as seriously. Which I find really funny because if you talk to any voice actor, and this is just having a conversation with Joel, I cannot freaking, like, it mind boggles me still. I can sit here and, like, literally I can think about it for forever. How how one person can make that many voices come out of that? Like, is it God-given talent? It is amazing. So to, to, to tap that, that voice talent within the creative talent of somebody who can draw these crazy things that there's no, like, there's no reference point on. Where the hell did somebody come up with the hormone monster from Big Mouth? What, exactly. Who the What the heck? Thought, where, it's it wild. Had to be, it, but they and, created that and that smashed together. And now you got things like Big Mouth that are so, so insane. Well, and you go throughout the seasons and they've got all these other different kind of quote-unquote characters that are based inside of us. Yeah. And it's just like the creativity to think of a love bug as an actual caterpillar. Yeah. That, like, or like the, or I think the love bug is an actual butterfly, but then like it turns into a hate worm. Yeah. And it can turn back into a love, and it's just like, it's genius. But you can say the same thing about Inside Out. You know what I'm trying to oh, say? Like yes. it, it's, oh, yes. you know, people will say, oh yeah, Big Mouth's so childish and everything. Well, how does that make it any different from Inside Out? Yeah, you just you just took out the adult content out of out of Big Mouth, and it's pretty much Inside Out. You know, it, when you think about it, it's what's going on inside our brain. Or exactly as I like, as my husband calls it, Inside Out 2.0 is Big Mouth. It's what happened after Ooh. Inside Out happened. You know, she got a whole new set control panel. Well, and it's even interesting because towards the end of the film of Inside Out, you see into the parents' brains. Yeah. And like you see the smallest snippet. So it's like if it's through the parents' lenses, you know that they're not having a or child content in their yeah. So like it's great that you get to see inside of that because I remember when I first saw it and thought of that and it was just like, This is fantastic. It is. This is amazing. Oh, this is so As a nanny, great. it was so awesome for kids because it was like, oh, this is how I feel. Like the emotion, explaining the emotions and how we feel and how it's okay to be sad and happy at the same time. Like, yeah. I have never had a tool more powerful than things like Inside Out. And right. I think about so many other animation, you know, uh, I use The Lion King and Mufasa's death every single time when I have to talk about death and how, you know, like, you know, people are still watching us and they still care for us when we're, we yeah. carry their legacy with us by doing the things that we do and th things like that. I, I think animation has kind of given us these tools. And we were talking about how animation has kind of expanded things and how it's taken things to a new level. And we always think about like the Simpsons and family guy when the, and South park. And when they first came onto the thing, you know, they got away with a lot of stuff, but they got away with that stuff to then allow other stuff to bombard and get yeah. allowed onto the, you know, onto content. And then we had, you know, where it wasn't just animation, it's now going into live action, you know, like now, exactly. now live action and real TV shows are getting to say this because South Park said it like, so we really have to thank animation for all of this. I mean, totally we're talking about Hanna-Barbera times, if we're going back to cartoons, even then like Popeye was made in like the the 30s and 40s, which is yeah. one of the original cartoons of like superheroes that they they adjust. But I, I remember Flintstones and the Jetsons and oh, yes. all of these classic ones that are now no longer they're not like they're not easy to get to. 
because a lot of them now have like if you go on Looney Tunes on HBO now you have to sit through the five minute like warning of everything which I'm really glad that they put out a warning but at the same time we've we are we're all children we all watch these cartoons 90 million times as adults we can sit with our child and explain this is not a really great representation this is why as adults we have to you know I always tell parents watch what your kids are watching with them and explain it to them because them just sitting and watching the TV they're not always all, always going to get it. And especially if you have kids who are under the age of five, I guarantee you they can't read that warning. Ex- yeah, no, it's can't wild. And I, I, don't, I don't know if this is maybe not the best opinion or the best thought process, but I, I'm not the biggest fan of those warning signs, even when it comes to like trigger warnings. Yeah. I get very frustrated by it because anything, literally anything in the world can be a trigger to anyone and to go through life having to blatantly say like oh this might trigger you like oh be aware it's frustrating for me and I think it's even more frustrating when it comes to movies and television shows because they already have a rating yeah and there's already like a you should for me at least you should be able to deductively reason what you're watching and like what you're going to consume specifically because of a network that it's on, maybe because of who is recommending it to you, if it's a friend, if it's a specific network, a commercial. And so I think there's a lot of this placation to almost telling people that, like, you can't handle this or, like, you can't handle what's happening. And it gets very frustrating because growing up, my brother and I, and I assume with you and your family, we didn't have all of these warnings and triggers that – or trigger warnings that were out there publicly displayed. I mean, I think it was when I went to college, I took a class and almost every time we had class, they'd be like, hey, like, I want you to know that this might, um, like, what we're talking about today is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we're talking about, like, the entire... The whole class is about this. Right. Like, you you don't need to say it every day. I signed up for this class. Therefore, I know what I'm getting into. And I just am not a fan I agree. I agree with you on the trigger warnings, especially as a parent. You know, when we were kids, I, I do you remember when the the TV guide thing would come up and it would tell you what your what how uh, what the rating was? Yeah. And like that was a big deal. I don't yeah. see those on the TV anymore where you you have to go in the info and actually look. And I think that's where parents have like law. Lo- like they say, oh, kids are lost in the media and everything. No, 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 no. Parents aren't looking into what it is because I remember my mom looking at the first five minutes of the show and the little signal be on there and she knew if it was a good episode or not right what faltered us and i can the best example i have was the episode of dawson's creek when pacey and and joey finally slept together there was no warning that was also the episode i think that was within the episodes where um jack ends up kissing his boyfriend that was a huge deal too Uh, yeah and there was and I remember the world exploding over those two things because there wasn't a warning on it. But my mom said, she goes, my mom being my mom, we watched it together and everything. She goes, as a parent, then that was my discussion of, okay, okay, I, maybe I need to have the discussion with my daughter about having sex and everything like that. If we're, if she's watching this show and this is being discussed on it. Th- so I think that's where the parental divide has gone. Okay, what are you watching how how does this affect your family? And a trigger warning is one thing. Um, the the part that I appreciate that isn't re- I feel like it's not really a trigger warning is like the Looney Tune things. We're talking about things that are not politically correct. You know, politically correct. I appreciate that because you know what? Here's the thing. I may not see it that way, 
Or, sure. so, you know, when trying to say it, my dad may not, my dad, older than Moses, <laughs> I love him to death. And he'll be like, I don't see anything wrong with it. Yes, because that's your generation. Yes. But I appreciate at least saying, hey, while I'm watching this with my daughter, this may not be in this current time. This is not how we would, this would not get aired. That's basically what those warnings are saying. If if this yeah. was being put out right now, guarantee you it would not be being put out. That's right. what it's saying. Yeah. The trigger I, the trigger warnings I want like I get I get overwhelmed with like when people go overboard with like oh the rape, the miscarriage, like the murder, blood, blah, blah. All right. Gore violence and this uh, se- sexual violence just put the tag at the top, let's move let's exactly. move on. Um but it it comes down to knowing talk like you say who told you this was a good show? Um, who, you know, did you actually research it? How hard is it to Google the show and go, all right, well, this is a show, Handmaid's Tale, probably not the best show for me if I, I've been in these kind right. of relationships or this is something that may affect me. Okay, not the, not the one to watch. Um, right. Or even, I know Netflix does the little, and I think Hulu as well, does the little drop down thing of like, you know, what else is like this? Yes. And that'll yes. give, I love using that because it'll give me an idea of like, okay, it's it's a movie, Okay, what's it about? There's these. Yeah. Okay, and it's just I don't know. I have I have a really big issue when it comes to just kind of how we are parenting now. And granted, I'm not a parent. I do no. not want to be a parent. I <laughs> I'm it's me. Um, but I have a really big issue with the way that like media is being consumed by a lot of like the younger generation. In the essence of like, there's just all of this like coddling. And like, a, oh, they can't handle it and they need to be um, comforted and uh, padded. And it's to me, it's just like, I think I turned out great. And granted, I know that like I am the only source of that. So like I can only speak for myself. Yourself, yeah. But like I used a lot of these different media outlets to educate myself. And so I think if I had something where a warning came up about, like, there is sexual content, there is drug use, I wouldn't have watched it because growing up, these weren't topics that we talked about. And the only thing we ever did talk about in regards to those was you're not going to have sex until you feel ready. You know, you're not going to do drugs because you're not a druggie. And, like, to me, that, like, put a lot of fear into me for a lot of these things. So I tried to stay away from that. But then there were times when I'd be like scrolling, you know, on the TV guide and it was late at night and I'd watch something and then something would happen. And I was like, OK, that's not horrible. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's it's alert. I feel like TV kind of taught us the things that we our parents kind of forgot. But it was mm-hmm. also a learning experience where we can we can, you know, we could learn. We could. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much educational. We talk about Sesame Street. We talk about a lot of yeah. these animation children's shows that literally, I mean, I love them. But I can also tell you now as a parent, there is way more of them than when we were a kid. I mean, when oh, we were wow. a kid, it was Nickelodeon, Disney or Cartoon Network. You that was it. Mom, mom and dad didn't have to worry about what else was popping up on that channel. Right. Now we have so many streams. I mean, I can tell you oh. how long I can go through my morning with my daughter <laughs> choosing between apps and telling me, no, no. Have you seen the video? No. How about Little Mermaid? No. How about Zootopia? No. Like, she'll go for days. But we have made it a point that we will always sit down with her. Mm -hmm. The shows that she watches will be educational. Like, I have Googled them. I have made, I've sat and watched them. I know that they're good. And I can tell you that my daughter has learned a lot of her vocabulary from Word Party. 
Perfect. It's a great little animation Jim Henson show where she's learned a lot. We, you say the same, a lot of moms will say, oh, but I turned out fine is not the phrase we want to say now. You know, right. like that's, that's the thing. But the reality is, is we were the generation that sat in front of the TV all day Saturday. All day. All day Saturday. Nobody died. We're no. all okay. A little yeah. TV didn't kill us. No. What's going to kill us is if mom doesn't get her coffee, okay? So the <laughs> one hour of Sesame Street is not going to kill anybody. Like, it literally will probably keep more people alive if I get my hour of Sesame Street in the morning than if, you know, so that's that's why I always tell parents is, which which battle do you want to die on? Like, yeah. what hell will you die? No Cocoa Melon is allowed in our house, okay? I will tell you that right. Peppa Pig and Cocoa Melon are banned from my house. You can have as much trash truck or Sesame Street until your eyes pop out. I don't care. But you can't have the, you know, like, it's all about moderation and knowing what, what's good for your family. Um, and like like you say, parents having conversation with us and knowing what we're watching. I think that's, that's the big, the big one. That's the big difference between our generation and parents that are, you know. My parent, the parents of today, as yes. I you know, say. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. You are one of them. Uh, but it, but it's true. We have I have a lot of parents who are like, oh, anti screen time. But the reality is, is not everybody of us has a nanny or a childcare or a grandma and grandpa right. to dump them off. You know, sometimes the screen is the best option. And so why don't you choose options that are good for them? Um, and then you know, on the case of like my mom, my mom knew we were at school all day, Monday through Friday. Most of the time we had an after school sport after yep. school. Saturday was the only day we were home all alone because Sunday was usually family day. We were doing something together. Right. So if we're quiet in the den <laughs> all day and all we ask for snacks, I now realize what my mom was doing. She was just planning to have a nice day oh, where yeah. she could have quiet peace and get the house cleaned. And we were <laughs> we were in, stuck in one room. I, I sure. get it now. Was the TV what we were watching, like, the best premium crap that was on TV? No, it was Rugrats and Rocco's Modern Life. It was an escape. And that's what we always talk about is fandom. Fandom and being a nerd is an escape. It's that ability to forget that I had a horrible day at school and somebody was bullying at me. Um, I've got a homework assignment I really don't want to do. You know, we got to go see Aunt Schmo tomorrow and I really don't want to see her, you know? (laughs) Like, all these different things... um, and just being able to escape. And, you know, I remember playing Rugrats. But I want to be Tommy. I want to be Phil and Lil. I want to. We picked up those characters. Oh, yeah. And, and we ran with them. I mean, my husband, the whole reason we have a Marvel collection is my husband was uh, obsessed with X-Men, the animated series. That was his show. X-Men animated series. That's all he would watch. Like, I asked him on one of our first dates. Like, what's your, what, what did you grow up watching? He goes, Nickelodeon and X-Men animated. And I'm like, all right, we're going to be fine. Got it. Cool. I'm trying to think of other ones that I saw as kids that aren't really popular now. Like, we're, oh, Tom and Jerry. That When the Tom and Jerry movie oh. came out, I was like, why are you doing that to Tom and Jerry? That's that's not cool. <sighs> okay, let's, 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 let's break this down. Let's break this down. I like how you're like, let's talk about this Tom and Jerry. Because Shannon already wrote an article about saying, what the, f-? literally the title of the article is, Tom and Jerry, what the fuck? <laughs> I have such an issue with, all of these reboots of live actions. And I think when they started doing trailers for the Tom and Jerry movie, I like I couldn't. Yeah. Like, granted, obviously it's not live action, but it was live enough. I already have a big enough issue with half live action, half animation, because it it takes the smallest thing for it to just be horrible. Horrible, yeah. Absolutely horrible. And I do think that the original Space Jam was very good. 
I think yeah, they did it no, really original well. Space Jam, new Space Jam, this sucks donkey, and I will go to my grave <laughs> fighting that, okay? <laughs> I was waiting for Bill Burry to make yes. his appearance the entire time. Like, that's all I cared um, about. Oh, God. Well, and then, very much like you mentioned, like, I was also the kid that was waiting for these classic Disney animated movies to watch. I was very, very invested in them. And so now, as I you know, got older and saw that they were doing these live actions of these very classic animated films, it made me angry. And I think the one that made me the most angry was The Lion King. And I think a lot of people feel very similar. And for me... That was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Like, that was my (gasps) first movie. And then I saw that live action, and I literally got five minutes into it, and I said, I can't do it. I just, I fucking can't do it, Andy. I can't do it. Like, I, I, I can't. The lion, all of it. It's just all that. You can slap Beyonce on anything you want. I still can't do it. It's wild. And my mom was uh, very big into showing us different types of entertainment. So we went to a lot of, like, theaters and plays and saw a lot of that type of actual live action stuff. And we saw The Lion King on Broadway. And it was, I mean, the most beautiful thing ever. Absolutely phenomenal. And so, like, hearing about the live action, my brother called me and was like, what is this? Why would they do this? Who chose this? That reminds me of the conversation me and my brother just had a couple weeks ago when Lightyear came out, the trailer. He called me and he's like, all right, you remember how you saw the Fantastic Four trailer and said... There is only one human torch and his name is Chris Evans. Shannon, there is only one fucking Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> There's only. I love Chris Evans, but take care of Captain America's ass out of Lightyear now. <laughs> and, and I'm like, but you haven't even seen it. He goes, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. care. I don't yeah. care. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. So that's how I felt about Lion King. It was just like, you can, you can do whatever you want. I still, I, I, no, it's not, it's not Lion happening. King. Yeah. It's not Lion King. Yeah, the, the re- that live action is really that I feel like animation takes so much talent. Why can't you just yes. go back to your original talent? Like, that's what Disney's known for. Go yes. back to animation. You've done so well with Zootopia and all the I mean, even Luca is gorgeous. So beautiful. All these movies are so well. Why don't you spend the focus on doing those instead of live action and get actual like good celebrities to voice the characters well? I mean, Lightyear is that perfect situation. They took Chris Evans and they're doing it the best way they can. And I, right. I, I really am hopeful to see that it turns out well. My brother, diehard Toy Story 1 Lightyear fan. So I... Sh- not even happening. Not even happening. <laughs> Not, not even. But I really want them to go back to the to the originals, yes. um, because all these reboots just suck. But then I think about reboots, and I think of how many times we've rebooted Ninja Turtles now, and I'm just like, all right, well, we can can we just leave them alone? Like, I mean, you, how many times have we rebooted just the story of Cinderella, and all of these really terrible Disney, like the live action Disney adaptations? I think there's like seven. Seven, yeah. Maybe more. And it's like, oh, we've modernized her. So now she's losing a cell phone instead of a glass slipper. Now she's losing her MP3 player instead of the slipper. And it's like, what? 
Whoa, that's like what? that's like Scooby Doo. They're trying to keep Scooby Doo oh, relevant. No. You know, Scooby Doo went to what is Scooby Scooby Doo went to Supernatural. They had an episode oh. of Supernatural, which I did really well with the fans. And then then they they put them with Coward uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Just more recently, it's just like. You know, not everyone's gonna like Scooby Doo. It, it's it's the the Hanna Barberas are really trying to make a comeback, especially with HBO Max and them owning them. Um, and I think Space, the new Space Jam, was like their attempt to try and push those God. back into the market. Um, but if I've known, if I know Funko people, because I know Funko you people, do. Hannah <laughs> Hanna Barbera, those Funko Pops are some of the most popular. Because they've only made a limited line of them. And actually, the Funko CEO is like the like hugest Hanna-Barbera fan Ooh. out there. But those those are the original ones that created everything else. Like, we can't mm. talk about South Park. We can't talk about even Big Mouth. We can't talk about anything we love without those basis of those, of those cartoons. Yeah. Um, do I think that they're going to get rebooted into, like, being the new next mainstream thing? No. Do I think think we should reboot no don't touch the jetsons leave the jetsons alone okay like leave leave shows a lot like those are you can't mess with those can't, you, ju- you just can't but now i think about like all right when my when marvel's 20 am i gonna see a reboot of south park am i gonna be seeing a reboot oh of God. beavis and butthead am i gonna be seeing a reboot of the Sim- how do you reboot i first off how would you ever reboot the simpsons but like how 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 and like, how long are these series like how long do we expect to see the simpsons going exactly it's like wild it's absolutely wild. and even like south park they've gotten into the upper 20s in their seasons and it's just like this is wild like it's yeah. what and i there are times when i will just sit and like rewatch the first like you know maybe five seasons and be like these were such gems and so good and yeah. so wonderful and I watched these kind of newer, I think I recently, a few months back, watched uh, the newest season of South Park and was like, oh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's really great. And it like makes me worried about like what it's going to be like later on and like what happens if and when it gets passed on to someone else. Yeah. Well, is, that's uh, what you see a lot of those series now where the owners are saying, nope, we're done. Like after this, yeah. we're we're done, done. We, we can't do it. I'm not going to bring it back. You know, and we've seen some series like do spinoffs like Enchantment is the biggest one I can think off of of The Simpsons. And it did it did OK on Netflix. It wasn't like Big Mouth status or anything right. like that. But none of them have really hit that stride of yeah. like the only one, like literally as we sit here and we've said it all episode, big mouth has been the biggest animation the big kind one. of hit in the last few years. Um, it's a series on Netflix that I honestly had no interest in seeing. And then I saw the first episode and was like, Holy shit, this is the world's greatest thing since South park. I literally, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. the cast is amazing. Oh. The, the storyline is amazing. And I, I think we talked about this when we recorded the first time, like how much we wish we had had that series when we were growing oh. up and how much we would have had, like, like literally probably would have changed lives. I mean, literally, there's no, there's no way we could have probably seen that the way the <laughs> right. big mouth in that way. Yeah. But like understanding like this is normal. This is what our bodies are going through. Oh, what you're feeling is jealousy and rape. Like you're talking the hate worm, the love bug, things like that. Like at that age, you have no idea that those feelings are there. Once again, inside out. Like it's like you don't know how those are because you're a kid. You don't have a parent explaining to you. The only thing you're going to have is TV. I just think I'm in a Joey 
PC Dawson like love triangle, you know, and I just don't realize that he just doesn't like me and he's just not like into it, you know? It's like it's, it's those kind of things. Like if I had big mouth, my life probably would have been a lot easier in high school and middle school. I do think that also like kind of what you mentioned before about like talking with kids about death and how you used uh, like the Lion King to help you with that. I think that like Big Mouth is such a great tool for adults to use to talk to their children. As much as like I would have loved to have that when I was a kid, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't know what to do with that information. And I'd probably be quite intimidated and a little embarrassed to like be watching it, even if it was alone, because I'd be like, I just started my period, period and I don't yeah. know what this really all means. Like, it would be very You mean confusing. it gets worse? <laughs> exactly, right, yeah. But, like, thinking in the idea of, like, being an adult and, like, even um, there was a very small window of time where I was a teacher and I was able to use concepts and tools that I use or that I saw through Big Mouth or even through South Park and through Bob's Burgers that I was able to like sit down and talk with kids specifically when it came to like bullying or like maybe not having the most stable home life and talking about like this isn't your fault and like these are the things that like adults sometimes have to deal with and you are the child and so these are kind of the roles that you are able to do and control. And so, like, just having the tools to be able to articulate that, I would have not been able to do before. But I don't think there was any comedy on that level. Like, if we right. if we talk about any show that was, I mean, that wasn't even Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy no. wasn't even coming anywhere close to what Big right. Mouth was doing. So, but once again, it took Ren and Stimpy, South Park, Simpsons, yeah. Family Guy, American Dad, all these series that we've loved to get us to big mouth and have these things. Yeah. Um, so now it only, as scary as it thinks, what what will big mouth spawn on from, from that point on? But it, like you say, the tools. How, mm-hmm. how well could we use animation for these tools? Yes. And it, no matter what age you are, um, I can still think of, I, I watched big mouth th- th- this past week and I, just as an adult going, oh my God, that's how I felt in 11th grade. Like, yes. you know, like, that's exactly what it was. Like at the time I couldn't put my finger on it. I just thought it was a weird, weird, you know, experience, yeah. you know, or whatever life experience. And then I'm like, oh, that's it. And everybody else got that good. But, good. Yeah, like, oh. It only took me 30 years later to figure it out. <laughs> I do think that like the beauty of animation, I know we keep mentioning it, but it does allow us to like understand things and feel more comfortable about things. Um, there was, or there is this show that just recently came out called Inside Job. And it's an animated show. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's about like the secret conspiracies of the government. And it's very yeah. funny and very crude. But from like a lot of research that I've done, and I could also again be wrong, but from my understanding is that the creators of the show created it after the Area 51 kind of thing <laughs> went on. Yeah. And so they they made it as like a joke. Yeah. Which obviously that's, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. That's kind of how what Prince is. They actually have like when you go and do the first episode, Prince, it says, you guys, this is not real life. Right. This is right. not the royal family. We love you, but knock it the fuck off. Like, yes. just enjoy this. Like, literally what the title screen reads. And you're like, ah, there you go. Got it. Got it. Got cool, it. cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But it's great because it like, I remember like talking about like, conspiracies of Area 51 when I was like in high school very quietly and you would never talk about it with an adult 
So it was always like with your friends. And like now when I saw that there was like a show like this out, I was like, oh, I have to see what's going on. What is happening? And some of the things on there, I'm just like, you know, I could see it. Yeah. I, I can see this happening. And I love that that's something that can just like be there for people to watch and think about. I love it. Oh, I love it so much. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a uh, Bob's Burgers always gives me relationship goals when I see yes. like, like Bob and Linda. They just that's how I want my family for the rest of my life. I just, you oh, know, yeah. my our phrase in our house is fine. I'll go, but I'm going to complain the entire time. <laughs> I I always uh, looked at Tina and Tammy's relationship and like thought about the relationships I had with friends in middle school and high school. And I always am just like, was it was it toxic? Was it was yeah. it like this? Yeah. And it's very interesting. I love being able to kind of dissect like those fun, good shows and just being like, you know what? My life can kind of maybe line up with this. Very interesting. <laughs> Bob's Burger is one of those it's one of those shows I can put on and I feel good no matter like I like I can watch it and I it there is always a gif there's always a line from there that you can pull like I just I love it and we we joke that Louise is my daughter like literally my daughter is Louise (laughs) total tiny terror of just awesomeness but my husband is like the 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 christmas you know day after halloween we got to put up all our christmas stuff jip like that's my husband like he's like all right let's go it's, it's halloween's over let's go and that bob's burger is a very special thing i never really got attached to the simpsons or family Same. guy or american dad bob's burger came on the map and i was like all right i'm back in animation like i yeah. finally found besides big mouth because bob's burger came way before big mouth but right. bob's burger was that first animation like all right i, I i'm back interested in animation i like these series i i had kind of hit a run with simpsons and family guy and even american dad and south park where it was just like all right you guys it's the same fart butt joke i get it exactly like, I, i'm over it um but as a media person i know you know each person, you know, each show has to fulfill an entire season, whether that's 18 episodes, 26, whatever. Some episodes are going to be shit after 20 seasons and some are going to oh, be yes. gems. It is what it is. And I'm not going to douse on anything because if you've come up with 20 seasons worth of crap, bow down to you. I cannot right. do that. <laughs> like, kudos. Kudos to you. But uh, I did, though, watch Spongebob the other night and it brought back like a nostalgic kick with my daughter chose Ooh. Spongebob. She chose SpongeBob. Which now, were you watching the the original older ones or this newer kind she, of stuff we, that's happening? We started with the original. Wonderful. She only it. likes the theme song, and then we moved, oh we moved on to Sponge on the Run because Gary's on it, and she's really attached to snails right now. Oh, um, so we did Sponge on the Run. She lasted through that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just it really depends on her mood and what she wants to watch. We tried the Clifford movie. She lasted a little, you know, she likes. But there's one thing on there animated. She did not like the live action. She had to have the animated version. Like she got legit pissed when the Clifford dog came on the scene. She's like, this is not Clifford. This is not Clifford. I just saw a commercial for that the other day for the first time and had a range of emotions of like, I remember Emily Elizabeth. Like, I remember sitting and watching and having a lot of fun. And like, I'm still not too sure how I feel about the live action. I know that I'm not gonna watch it. it I'm gonna be honest, it was actually really cute. I kind of oh, really liked it, okay. okay? Okay, didn't like the live action part, okay. Yeah. That that wasn't, uh, not, Is it not my not all live action? No, it, it's all live action. Okay. He's okay. a CGI dog, and you can totally well, tell yes. he's a CGI dog, okay? <laughs> Especially when they're writing said CGI dog. Okay, 
the CGI was just not my favorite. That, I get that's, that. That's my only critique on it. Story was really good, but keep Clifford animated, like PBS yeah, style. Like, I think there, there are certain things that should stay the way that they are. And, like, yeah. PBS animated shows should probably stay the way that they are. <laughs> you, would, you would think, right? Never in my life did I think I was going to see Clifford as a CGI live action. Well, did you know Big Bird's coming to the big screen, too? Jesus freaking Christ. <laughs> it, it's a musical, okay? It's a musical. It comes out next year. I'll keep you posted on it, okay? Because I know you're really, you're, you're really into this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, Big Bird, Big Bird's coming to the big screen. Um, he's got uh, his own musical. Uh, have you Have you heard the uh, the hubbub about about Big Bird recently? The, hu- uh, the hubbub that that everybody wants to fight Big Bird, and I've got my money on Big Bird. Yes, <laughs> I got my money on Big Bird. Got my money on Big Bird every single time. That motherfucker's been around since before I was alive. He's yeah. been teaching me my ABCs and my one two threes. Okay, he has his shit together. His nest is never a mess. And Sesame Street is always on top of its crap. Okay, Big Bird for president. He's also like massive. You can't sit on you. You cannot argue me with me when it comes to Sesame Street. Like Sesame Street is the God's grifter to to this earth. It's the world's greatest thing. Gonger is my spirit animal. I just want to own a food truck with Gonger. The little, oh my God, him and Cookie. They're like my favorite person. Um, Yeah. Sesame, there's there's just something with Sesame Street that I, I just love, even though it's not animated, like right. the puppeteering and everything that goes beyond. It's, it's almost in that same creative like space as animation where it's just like, dude, you can do things that I cannot do. I could not imagine creating those puppets. I couldn't, right. you know, coming up with the content. There's so many people who go beyond the, you know, who, who go into creating those. That's why I say anybody who sits there and tells me, oh, animation is for children or whatever. Dude, you have, I would like to see you create those voices, draw that, put it into a computer, render it, and then print it out ready to go. I mean, that's right. kind of, you know, I, I heard a lot over the last year. That's all we've got is animation content coming out. Well, when you think about it, that's the easiest thing to to do. And In a would pandemic. You, would you rather, like. would you rather have n- no anything at all or have something? Right. I think with the vast availability of so much, I think a lot of people get very, um, I don't think opinionated is the right word, but they get very like nitpicky. It's kind of those whole like, yeah, it's It's, kind of, you know, being a a choosy beggar. Yeah. Well, it's it's, Jamie called, Jamie wrote an article on this and it was when Star Wars came out and she said, you know, the fans were just getting to the point where it's just like, you are nitpicking over so many things and over stupid things, like over the stupidest freaking thing that why can't you just enjoy something? Yeah. Why, why can't you just escape in the world of Star Wars for an hour and freaking half and just accept it? Now, I can understand this is where I kind of got with the Marvel Universe when WandaVision came out. I was like, this is not MCU. But as soon as you got to Winter Soldier, I was like, ah, and I'm back in the MCU. I will forgive you for this mistake. Okay. <laughs> I will forgive you for this trespasses, but you you want to escape, and I think that's yeah. the point. Is 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 it supposed to be an escape? And when you're nitpicking about it that much, you're not escaping. It's one thing when you're a journalist and Russ said this right. in his Marvels episode. You know, you can nitpick something and still like it. Sure. And th- there are certain journalistic people who like to nitpick thing and want to know how they care. That's that's a journalist aspect. But right. you don't have to be a dick about it. You also don't have to do it like. When you're not working, 
Like, leave that to your job. And it, I don't know, it just gets very frustrating for me just hearing these very minute issues that people have that, to me, wouldn't make a or major difference. And so when you hear it and it's just like, like, really, like, you're here to enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Or if you don't enjoy it and you want to nitpick it, watch it alone. You know, hate it for you. Do you know what I tell people who email me about something about one of our reviews? Be like, I disagree. And I did it. And I said, you know what? You can either go put that respectfully in the comments or you can send me your article yourself. I'll post it right there for you. No problem. And usually the response I get is, I don't want to do that. That's a waste of my time. But it wasn't a waste of your time to email me your one page (laughs) email about what the hell was wrong with it. I'm not even the one who wrote the article. You didn't even direct the email to the right fucking person. (laughs) Come on. Like, you didn't attention, you know, so-and-so, your article. And and I, but that's how I run TGON. If you, if you have the amount of balls to write something that just that horrible in the, I'm going to delete you. I I have no problem delete you. My, my writer has spent too much time and energy and put their cojones on the line to like publish this in their name. I'm not going to let you be a dick about it. Um, And that's, that's where I kind of draw the line. I I think that's my big thing with this episode is that animation gets such a bad rap for being so childish and everything. But Really, ultimately, it's like the ultimate form of creativity to see how many of these people come together and what it takes to do all these things and how long it's... I mean, we're talking about cartoons that have been alive before we have that have created this long line of shows that we love and we can't live a lot. Like, I cannot think about not like not having Big Mouth now. Like, oh my God, like that just seems wrong. Bob's Burgers, not having Bob's Burgers. What what kind of world are we living in? (laughs) You know? Um, And I think it's like... I. For me, I feel like it's anything that isn't a face to it, like a live action movie or show, I think kind of gets shit on in a sense of like you think of like comic books, you yeah. think of anime, you think of really anything like, uh, let's see, like uh, people even cosplay like, get it. cosplay will get yes. it sometimes like, oh, you didn't you just bought time. it off Walmart. Who f- cares? Who cares? And and the idea or the the disrespect to like tear down someone else's creativity because it doesn't maybe match what you want it to be or it's not what you like or maybe I guess because you don't see it as being creative is so disruptive to just like being a human and being a person and like why on earth would you want to tear someone down when they've created this phenomenal and fantastic thing that might not just be your cup of tea nobody's holding a gun to your head to make you watch it exactly. you can switch the channel exactly like, just, you don't have to read it you can yeah. walk away well that's what my mom would say we turn on south park as we got older in high school but we turn on mm-hmm. south park my mom goes all right i'm out like she right. that just wasn't her like she goes i can't take it i cannot take all the foul language and the thing she goes you guys think it's funny i cannot i can't handle it sure that it wasn't her cup of tea but you never it once she realized that that was our thing and we were having special time with my dad and we were all once again we were quiet playing together nicely right. and she didn't have to worry about us she was like all right just let him play south right. park this is just not the hill i want to die on today yeah. like just not not worth it and I, I think you're right don't tear anybody down for doing something you creatively can't do and i think that's the mom attitude in me can you do it like i right. want to see you try come over here you come do it <laughs> You think my child's so easy? You come here. Come on over. I'll show you. Please. I will have you laughing by the end of the day. Oh, <laughs> um, God. Yeah. So, 
create yeah don't don't be a don't be a dick to everybody uh if you could pick your favorite like top three animation shows that you're obsessed with right now what are your top three so what am i so i'm always obsessed with bob's burgers because when i'm editing it i which is probably a really bad habit but i always start with the very first episode of the very first season and i see how long it takes me to edit my podcast um and so that's always really fun and i think it's just like background noise and it's really great so it's always bob's Bob's Burgers, it's got to be there. Um, Something that I will continuously go back to watching, um, like I'll always find it on YouTube and watch it like every so often, it's always going to be Dave the Barbarian. Oh, that's an oldie girl. That one's a good one. (laughs) So good. If you guys don't know what it is, check it out. It's all over YouTube. It's so much fun. That's that's a really, really big one. And then, um, so I don't know if it's like a specific thing, but a specific director. Um, I know we talked about it in the last time I recorded, but I really, really love Claymation. And I really love the animation of um, uh, Tim Burton. Yes! So I'm a big, big fan of his animation style. And he first started out in Claymation. So I will just binge watch whatever he does. And majority of it is going to be his animation stuff. So yeah, so those are those are the big three for me. Have you seen the Disney Plus series Prop uh, Prop Culture? You did mention it to me before, and did I've I, watched it since then. Did you? Oh, we yeah, just so we had good. to rewatch the ja- Marvel was obsessed. Marvel's favorite thing during Halloween is uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. This is Beautiful. Halloween is her jam. Okay. Yes. But my husband had watched it so many times. He's like, I just I can't do it anymore. I said, You need to watch Pop Culture. You'll have a whole new love for it. And after he watched it, he goes, There's 37 heads to Jack. Yeah. There's 37 hens. Like how why ha- like and how they create like once again, talent I don't have doing things that other people can. Once again, bow down. I am yeah. not worthy. Like you are so cool. Uh yeah, Tim Burton is one of those those people. Mine is um I always go to Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Big Mouth is my other one. Yes. Rick and Morty. Oh, dude. Oh, I can't. You are Rick, so right. Oh. <laughs> Rick and Morty is like one of those, my husband got me obsessed. Actually, my brothers got me obsessed with Rick and Morty, and I didn't think I was going to get into it. I wasn't in the animation kind of phase. Sure. That was one of those ones, along with Bob's Burger. Oh. Like, I'm back in the game. I, I've, I've got this. Another one that I feel like isn't in the funny anime. Actually, I consider it half funny, half drama. F okay. is for family on Netflix. Oh, I love it. it. Oh, I love it so much. Yes. Their absolutely. new season's coming out soon. Uh, yes. But. But that is a a cartoon that I feel like it's like way better than American Dad. So much better. And it, but it's got like it's like so relatable. But yet it's so like I really don't honestly know how to describe this this show because there's nothing like it. It's really like a sitcom drama of like the Waltons or you know like. any of those old school shows, I'm like trying to think of Wonder Years kind of thing. Wonder yes. Years, that's what it's, that's what I was thinking. Yes. It's like a cross of Wonder Years got smashed with Family Guy, but it's not as crude and funny. It like right. really is the drama stories, but occasionally oh. the, the dad will like lit off a one-liner and we will be in tears. So, it's such a good show. And I remember when I found it, they were, um, it was just the one season. And so I watched it continuously for a good while. It is so good. It that, really is. I am really excited to see how this new baby, because they left on a cliffhanger on that last season. So I'm really, really interested to see how they all survive now with this new baby and how, the, yeah, 
that that's oh. a series that oh I it's it's one of my fa- one that always skips me is Futurama. My husband is always obsessed with oh, that show. Oh, okay. I know that I watched. I've never been like um, a diehard Futurama fan, and I know I've watched a lot of it. But I think there's always like a. I'm not sure how many seasons there are now, but I know every time I would watch like right up until, bef- no. like I think it was like right up until, and then there was like still another season. And so then I wouldn't watch like the last season and then I would like, you know, again do it. And it was <laughs> a thing. Like, I don't know. And like now I don't really watch it, but it is good. Have you seen the <laughs> reboot of Animaniacs? Because now that I'm just I was thinking along oh, that line of those lines. Oh, so I heard the, I heard the new the new reboot of Animaniacs. It's all the original cast. Warner Brothers is like, yeah, oh, we'll pay the money. We'll just bring them all back. I hear it's I haven't gotten to see the first two seasons, but I hear they're amazing and it's very much oh. like the old school. And I, I, I lived off the, you know, the original series. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember learning all the countries and continents and everything yes. off the original Wacko song. Yes. So thing that one, that one holds a near dear Ooh. one in my heart. And I don't know if you remember this one on Nickelodeon, but. Remember, there used to be all that used to have a animated series, and then they basically cut out all the animated series to make all that a live action comedy show, and they made Kablam. I don't know of Kablam. Okay, so we're gonna go. You're, I'm gonna send you with some homework. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna Google Kablam because it's a lot of clay animation. It was basically Ooh. all the animation stuff that never made it on Nickelodeon. They slew into this one spot, oh. and it's like. It's like um, SNL for animation for all the little... S- and there was a couple of things like the Amanda Show came out of that one. Uh, Angela Anaconda, I think, is the name of the Ooh, other one. That one fun. came out of there. Um, the Adventures. There's there's a lot of little things that you may nostalgically know. It came out of that one. But Kablam, basically what happened was Kablam was part of all that. It was like a set inside all of that. And then when all that blew up as the comedy of the kids, yeah. they cut that and made Kablam like a half hour after all that. And that was like all the little oh. cartoons before Are You Afraid of the Dark came on. Oh, see, I knew my I knew my next <laughs> schedule. You guys, I'm on top of it. You could tell me. <laughs> did you ever um, or did you ever know of a show called Gumby? Hell yeah. So I my nickname was Gumby it. from gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. Gumby was a big thing. My big. I had Gumby pants. Yes. I had a Gumby shirt. Yes. Um, I had the pillow and the um, whole bed set. The horse was pokey, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's what That's what. Yep. Yep. But yeah. 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 So was, good. Yeah. There's a lot. Once again, it's like, I'm going to, now I guarantee you we're going to get off this podcast. I'm going to text you like 10 other shows. I think right, yes. as soon as we're done. I'm like, hey, we forgot to talk about this. That's but what, that, that's one. But it's okay because I get to have you back as many times as I want because I, yeah. I will my. When you're the when you own your own podcast, you get to do whatever you want. Do um, what you like. Do what you like. That's that's the joys of being your own boss, right? Uh, so, dude, I love chit chatting with you. You're like literally my favorite person to talk about. Aww. There's very few women in this world that I get to talk nerd with. Um, I and, agree. And have a conversation and be open and honest and laugh and say this is shit and this is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, you got to watch this. Um, and. <laughs> 
we both are people who just, we love what fandom stands for and we're very protective of it. And we want to keep, you know, I feel like we're like the mama gatekeepers of fandom. We're like, all right, y'all play nice inside the yard. Be nice to each other. First person who starts crying, you're all done. You're all done. God, everyone goes home. We're all getting (laughs) in the car. We're done. We're all done. (laughs) We're turning around, going back. Don't don't make me pull this car over. (laughs) (laughs) But we are, we just like, we, we have kind of just like, all right, fandom has gone from, you know, like, oh, this, this kid thing to like, no, adults can be nerds. We can wear different hats. We don't have to be a mom. We don't have to be a student. We don't have to be a lawyer. We can do, we can wear different hats. We can be a mom. We can be a nerd. We can run whatever you want to do. Um, so I, I just love speaking to women like you who are doing Aww. amazing things out there and making the world a little bit nerdier. Um, cause I, I try. you know, Hey, it takes all of us together to do it. Um, it's yeah. not just one person. And I think that the nerd world needs as much positivity as it can get. I agree. And, um, you are definitely doing that girl. So thank you. Thank you for coming Ooh. in chit chatting with me. Where can our fans stalk you, find you? I know you're doing a lot of projects. So tell <laughs> us all the lowdown. Yeah. Um, so if you're trying to find me specifically as me, um, I don't really do too much on my on myself, but I do have Gant Graham, which is my Instagram. And I do have Tazita Tweets, which is on my Twitter. Um, I don't think I've posted to either of those in a good two or three years, but I'm there if you want to like send me a little message. You're um, on Instagram. I, I We chit chat. <laughs> well, yeah, but like that's still like business, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, and then for my podcast, I have Let's Talk Fandoms, and that's on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and yes, we have a TikTok. And then I've got a, uh, a new YouTube channel that is coming out with my best friend. It's called Eat, Watch, Review. And that, again, is all on uh Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And that is really where we uh, we try a bunch of like silly different foods. We just did an episode about um, Pringles. And so we Ooh. tried a bunch of the new flavors of Pringles. So that was really fun. <laughs> I Can I come? I want to come and be on this with yeah. you guys. I want to yeah. eat snacks. I'll bring all the gluten-free snacks. Perfect. And we'll just try a bunch of shit. Oh, my Perfect. God. I love this. Um, and then we're also currently, uh, we're watching Squid Game. Uh, it's my best friend's first time watching it. So we're going through that as well. Uh, that all goes live January. So in the new year, that first week, get ready. That's when it all goes out. And then I have a new podcast, a D&D podcast called Into the Tavern. And that comes out this coming summer. And it's me and my college friends, and we're actually going through a campaign. And uh, our DM, Hunter, who uh, on my podcast, we did an episode of D&D, and he talks about being a dungeon master. Uh, But he has created a very cool adventure of um, kind of how the world has been taken over by the ocean and water. And so we are sea creatures that have been like, uh, like anthropomorphized. And Ooh. I've chosen my favorite, which is a jellyfish. <gasps> you are my spirit creature because I love, ah. girl, I just love you that much more. Yeah, jelly, we're actually seeing ah. the jellies tomorrow at the aquarium. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. I'll send you a picture. I'll please, send you a picture. Please, please. <laughs> so, yeah, so those are all the big things that I'm doing. Um, you can also find uh, Into the Tavern on all social media platforms. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, TikTok. 
Okay, well, I'm definitely going to have to check that out because I literally <laughs> know zero about Dungeons & Dragons. I really wanted to learn how to, like, it's how so to play fun. and everything. But it's, like, it's one of those games that very intimidates me because I know there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of things that go on. So, so I'm going to need yeah. a tutorial. I recommend, if you feel this way as well, um, I recommend listening to the episode that I did with Hunter on my podcast about D&D oh, okay. because I felt the same way. Oh, okay. And... Hunter and his now wife, Cheyenne, and then our good friend, Grace, who are joining on the podcast, are avid D&D players. They've been playing for years. And me, although I ran a fandom organization in college, I've never, I had never played D&D before. Yeah. And so when I did my podcast episode with Hunter, it was maybe a few months after I did my very first campaign with him and his now wife. Oh, okay. And I talk about kind of those anxieties that I had and the frustrations that I felt with myself and like how to create a character and knowing when I could act and and it's really just a lot of freedom of like you can literally do whatever you want but having that much freedom's a little scary and intimidating and not wanting to seem like you're not doing the right thing yeah this yeah. is coming from a woman who like plays a video game and I like ask my head like fix it like fix Same. it like yeah. I just like, hand the remote, I, like fix can I it. do that um like, yeah <laughs> Blake does. Blake and Jesse. Blake does a lot of D and D. Jesse did a lot of D and D when we first started. Mm-hmm. So I, I like I've dabbled my toes. I've always sure. been. I've always been so. It, once back, going back to the creative, the ability to create these adventures and how you go, like that amazes me. Uh, but once again, it very intimidates me. So I, I will definitely have to be checking out this episode, and then maybe we can play some D and D eventually next year. Well, um, and I can let you know, um, we've fully finished. Uh, recording our season one and in season two we are actually bringing on guests to play like little like minor characters that help us throughout our journey so if you would like to be a part of it please please let me know you girl you got my number (laughs) you have your people call my people as we always say we'll call you we will call you (laughs) oh my god Tazita, thank you so much for coming and chat with me. I always have the greatest time chatting with you. I will be having you on again because there is not totally. enough that we couldn't talk about. And I, yeah. I'm even coming back and talking to you next week on your podcast. I'm very excited. This is going to be I'm so fantastic. We finally get you. to talk. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, honey. Bye. If you liked this episode and you want to hear more, you can find the Game of Nerds podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all the other places you like to stream your second favorite podcast, because obviously we're your first. If you need to catch up with the latest nerd news, reviews, or recommendations, you can head over to thegameofnerds.com. And make sure you're following us on all our various social media channels from Instagram to Twitter as The Game of Nerds. As always, nerds, level up or respawn. Come